Hello, and welcome to episode three of The Shift Change. On today's episode, Michelle and I are going to discuss nursing education, where it's been, where it's going, and where we hope to see it go next. We're going to kick off today's episode with a brief history of nursing in Canada. Just a reminder that these opinions are all our own and don't reflect our employers or the schools that we may discuss. This history comes from the Canadian Nurses Association. Like the very history of Canada, education to prepare registered nurses has two roots one originating in French-speaking Canada, and a quite different one in the English-speaking areas, French Canada. In 1639, three French nuns of the nursing order of Augustine de la Misicorde de Jésus arrived in what is now Quebec City to provide care to the settlers. They subsequently established Canada's first hospital, Hôtel Dieu, in 1644. Jean Mance, a laywoman, moved from France to Canada with a group of settlers in 1641 and established what would become Hôtel Dieu Hospital in Montreal. Mance provided care to the citizens, ran the hospital, and importantly, was instrumental in recruiting sisters from the Hospital Sisters of St. Joseph de la Flèche in France to assist her in the hospital. These developments set the pattern for healthcare and hospital management in Quebec until the 1960s. Religious orders were the backbone of the system and they were established schools of nursing attached to the hospitals to train nurses, English Canada. In the 1850s, Florence Nightingale had identified a series of principles for schools of nursing, including the critical ones that schools should be financially independent of hospitals and students should not be under the control of hospitals. In English Canada, the early schools of nursing were nominally established on the basis of Nightingale's principles. However, the need for service students provided to the hospital dominated the agenda of these schools, and the hospital board of directors dominated the schools of nursing, including having financial control over them. Dr. Mack established the first school of nursing in the General and Marine Hospital in St. Catharines, Ontario in 1874, a school subsequently named the Mack Training School. Hospitals were being established in almost every community in the Atlantic provinces and in the larger towns of Western Canada. Regardless of their size, hospitals started schools of nursing. By 1909, Canada had 70 schools of nursing. Nursing education did not emerge from the control of hospitals until the latter half of the 20th century, but the struggles of the early days about what should have priority, education or service, continued throughout this period. University-based education in nursing had a different beginning. As early as 1905, the Graduate Nurses Association of Ontario approached the University of Toronto asking it establish a nursing education program, an invitation that was not taken up. A similar request to Queen's University reached the same fate. In 1918, the Canadian National Association for Trained Nurses conducted a survey of the university presidents to determine their views on developing nursing schools in their institutions. Only the president of the University of British Columbia responded positively. In 1919, with strong support from the superintendent of the Vancouver General Hospital, UBC established the first degree program in Canada. It may not be a coincidence that the president, prior to coming to UBC, had been at the University of Minnesota, where the first university nursing program in the United States was developed in 1909 and the first baccalaureate degree established in 1919. The 90s saw a remarkable movement in education of registered nurses in Canada, perhaps the most remarkable in its history, as entry to practice became a reality. Let's start off by talking a little bit about what the benefits and the challenges are of nurses being trained in university-based education programs versus hospital-based apprenticeship programs. 
I think that one of the major benefits is that there's a standard of education that is a bit more well-rounded. It's not just focused on a specific hospital site or a specific area of care. It's more based on the latest research and the latest evidence and standard curriculum that can be applicable to a nurse working in any, any type of hospital or any type of nursing setting. And then it, there's also more quality assurance of the educators who are providing the care. So in the university-based programs, you're being educated by nurses that have graduate degrees. So nurses that have master's degrees and nurses that have doctoral degrees that have had more advanced training in things like healthcare leadership, healthcare education, doing research, nursing scholarship, and they're able to provide that education from the perspective of having an understanding of research and how that informs nursing practice and how that can actually inform nursing care and patient safety and how that can support the best patient outcomes. That's so true and the accountability part is huge when I think about this question in terms of if nurses were just accountable to or just trained by the people within the specific hospital where they worked, I think there's so much room for that process and that system to be manipulated. And last time we met for the second episode of this podcast, talking about how much hierarchy and culture shapes the experiences of even new grads who come with a whole host of skills and education and they've already been trained. And so you think from day one, if a nurse is training, could only be as good as the individual who's directly above them or that one hospital, I think it would just be a really, really high risk of poor outcomes, both for the people going through the program, but then most importantly for the patients who are then being cared for by people who aren't necessarily being trained based on the latest information and the education isn't being held to a consistent standard. So... Yeah, I can definitely see the benefits of a baccalaureate approach. Have you heard in your, throughout your career, have you had any conversations with nurses who were trained in hospital-based programs? Yes. I I graduated from nursing in 2008. I started nursing school in 2006. And I think I went to nursing school in Calgary at that point. I think actually there, there was a diploma program at that point, but it was within a college setting. And I think the hospital-based programs were over quite a bit before that. But yeah, there was definitely nurses that... Old, older nurses who were trained in the hospital-based program, which one existed in Calgary General Hospital, which was torn down in 1996, um, so a while ago, a while before I went into nursing school, and I think that was the last hospital-based program. There was a bit of a divide between those nurses that were educated in the hospital-based programs and those that were educated in the university setting. Just this idea that, oh, nurses that are educated in the university setting, they learn theory and that's what they're good at, and they just know things from a theoretical perspective, whereas nurses that are trained in the hospital-based programs, like, they're really hands-on and they they learn a lot more skills and they, they learn about the actual nursing practice and being with patients and they're really good at the practical aspects of nursing. So there was that divide that existed. Additionally, when I went to nursing school, I was also at the University of Calgary at the time, and I think this still exists, there was a regular nursing track, so a four-year nursing program and a two-year nursing program, which was advanced entry to practice. So there was also a divide in perspectives from 
the staff nurses in the hospitals that we were doing our clinical placements at between the differences in the nurses that were in the four-year program because there was a perception that yeah they had a lot more clinical hours they learned more skills and they had more hands-on experience compared to the accelerated track nurses even though the hours of clinical were probably pretty much the same like there might have been a difference of maybe 50 hours which in reality what is that like five shifts five five days more more clinical which I don't know if that would be a significant amount. <laughs> Enough to really bring your practice up. <laughs> yeah. Considering that whether you were in a apprenticeship program or a university-based program, like you're still, a lot of what we do as nurses, we learn after we finish those programs. And I think in the, the old school, like the apprenticeship programs, they exploited nurses a lot as well because those weren't just students. Those were employees of the hospital that they were working in. So they used them as free labor, which I guess is good. But then at the same time, that kind of has some implications as far as you know the financial compensation and work worker rights and all those kinds of things that we value now yeah it struck me when I was reading about kind of refreshing my mind about the history of nursing in Canada that it very much in the early 1900s and late 1800s was this system of young female Caucasians like you had to be between 19 and 35 you had to be unmarried or widowed in order to apply to be a nurse if you wanted to train in a secular hospital program and then it was unpaid labor and most of the nurses in hospitals at that time were students with a few instructors and a few more senior nurses and the expectation was that people would work from the age of maybe you know 19 20 21 and then as they were getting to the end of their training that they would marry and leave the profession. I do hear a lot of nostalgia, even looking back to when nurses wore the white uniforms, the training was very strict. I've heard a lot of nurses who were trained in hospital programs talk about how strict it was and that some of that has been lost with current day nursing. But I think in some ways it's been replaced by something that's more reflective of our current culture around people not wanting to just do as they're told and not agreeing to, you know, that the idea that you had to be unmarried married or widowed, white and a woman. As you pointed out when we were chatting about this previously, some of this was also in the years before women could even vote because they weren't people, so... But we have to take that into account. Yeah. It was a different time. It was a different historical context. When people are nostalgic or wish for a return to like hospital-based programs, I think you also have to think about the fact that the early hospital-based programs were developed so that nurses could be handmaidens of physicians because there was a very strict hierarchy where the physicians were at the top and I don't know if we want to go back to that given that the place of women has changed <laughs> since that time um, and also just like even to be competitive in a job market where like Claire was saying that nursing was for women between a certain age once you got married you left the profession it pretty much excluded men. Like, men weren't really welcome to be part of the profession. And it gave women the opportunity to have some sort of economic independence to a certain degree. But I think a lot of the gains that have happened in nursing in terms of developing professionally and the respect that the profession has came with the move to the university setting and becoming a degree program and having the research component and the academic component being part of nursing education. And I think it's part of that idea of unifying the profession so that we can say when you have basic consistency across the skills and training and exposure to information that all nursing graduates in Canada must have, then I think it's easier for us to talk about as a profession where we want to go to advocate for things like 
pay to advocate for the role of nurses on teams as opposed to if it's just this very top-down nurses trained to do tasks in isolation from other nurses and in isolation from other professions. I think that it really shifts who you attract to the work and it shifts who you can keep in the work because if it is very low-paying, low-skilled work, but even as I'm saying this, it, like it strikes me that it's a very privileged position for me to say that I think it should education should be a component of it so that it can elevate the profession, but it's a tough statement to make because not everyone has access to education and it becomes quite a gated like privilege begets privilege which isn't news but yeah I guess it depends what you think the underlying philosophy and purpose of nursing as a profession and discipline is because I guess if you think about is there value of nurses knowing how to read research and knowing the theoretical basis of the tasks that they're doing? Is there value in nurses knowing the science behind the healthcare that they're delivering? Then I think you would probably have to agree that it necessitates a standard of education being in the university rather than being at a diploma level or in a hospital-based training program. That's so true. And one of the things that I've seen really shift since nurses have become more embedded in academia and since nurses have started to complete PhD programs is that it positions nurses then to advocate for changes to the healthcare system that reflect nursing ethics and nursing values. Because if nurses aren't in a position where we understand the research, if we can't be creating the materials and getting our voice into peer-reviewed academic journal articles and things like these are often the way that changes are made within the healthcare system within any system and so you bring up the really important point that without this avenue if it was all just hospital-based apprenticeship training then nurses would lack the ability to both create and digest research and so then you'd, we would be waiting for someone else to really tell us what to do, which of course part of the nursing practice is shaped by working with physicians and working with physician orders, but I think I wouldn't feel comfortable as a nurse carrying out an order from a physician if I didn't understand what it was about. I think it does patients a disservice if nurses are seen as just robots doing what the doctor says versus if you have someone who is trained, who's looked at the research, who has some understanding and then can be that second set of eyes. I think I've definitely had the experience as a nurse of looking at a physician's order and being like, did you mean this decimal point or this decimal point? Which happens to all of us. I've also made mistakes as a nurse, but it would be pretty scary if all those times I'd just been like, oh, well, I guess. I guess I'll just do it. Yeah. But there's, I mean, that's the collaborative component of healthcare. And I think like some of this kind of makes the assumption that nurses work in the hospital and hospital-based nursing is nursing which is not true it's never it's never been true like nurses have been public public health nursing is actually quite a strong tradition that was public health was started by nurses and there's rural nurses and nurses 150 years ago worked independently and they didn't need the hospital setting so it seems like i don't know it seems weird to be like nostalgic about oppression about the, oppre <laughs> the oppressive the oppressive force of the hospital and how great that was All those young for women. unifying us and training us and <laughs> keeping us down <laughs> let's celebrate it let's bring it back to there like it seems so silly to me to be to be nostalgic for that that could be because I'm a feminist <laughs> 
it makes it tough to yearn for something that, uh, but also like, fundamentally goes against your values. Yeah. But also, like, I think it has value, like, in reality, like, especially in developed nations, in the reality where women can do work anywhere now. So even to be, like, competitive in the job market, to be competitive as, like, a viable economic profession that women choose, like, nursing has to evolve and it has to change. Otherwise, what are we doing? Like, who's going to end up working as nurses? And in an environment where... Healthcare needs are increasingly complex. We know about like global health issues. We know about how about things like the social determinants of health and how it's not just someone's physical health that we're looking at and it's not just an illness that you're treating in a hospital. That's not all that factors into health. Like we need a pretty well-rounded and robust education program to prepare nurses to be health leaders in a global world, not just hospital employees that carry out orders that are written by a physician. I agree and I think that I would be concerned as a patient if I knew that the nurse was just specifically looking like, say, I had a wound on my leg and I was going in and getting that wound dressed every single week. If the nurse that was doing the wound dressing wasn't asking me about my general health, if it wasn't, if the wound wasn't tracking progress the way that they were expecting it to and the nurse just wasn't even noticing or didn't know what to look for, it's no longer viable to have this system of just treating individ like treating isolated issues and you mentioned the social determinants of health. I think that nurses trained through baccalaureate programs and through masters and PhD programs are so well positioned. It's within our code of ethics to look at social justice mm -hmm. and if we don't have the time and our training to sit with those ideas and to grapple with ethical issues then I think you may as well just yeah literally have a robot who will like put a band-aid on something. Um, or have a machine that just spits out pills. The patient yeah. like just puts their fingerprint in and it spits out their pills. There you go. Just hope it m makes it to their mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting, as you said, that idea, the, like, the nostalgia for this idea of nursing as it was, or, as you said, the public health nurses, like, it's not just about being trained in a hospital or working in a hospital context. I find it so interesting, though, my entire time in nursing school and then working, I've probably spent 90% of my career in community and public health settings. And then when I did work on an inpatient unit, it was the first time in my life that I feel like people would just, they would say, oh, what hospital do you work at? And I would say Lionsgate Hospital. And they would say, oh, that's so nice. And then we could move oh. on. <laughs> I felt like finally people would like believed I was a nurse essentially. Whereas when I worked as a public health nurse, even amongst nurses, People would sometimes say like, "Oh, so you don't do real nursing?" Which and I think it's strange yeah. to say, "Don't yeah." What is real nursing? I guess it's putting a thermometer in somebody's mouth and in a giving little them white a cup. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's harkening back to that idea of this pristine, young, virginal, nineteen-year-old pushing a, a little cart down the hallway <laughs> with all your pills. And yeah. And all you're being nice and not yeah. having hard questions. And you're changing a dressing and giving a needle, holding somebody's hand, which we do too. We do all of those things. <laughs> yeah. We can do all of those things. But we understand why we do them and how it fits into the greater picture of somebody's health needs. One of the biggest benefits I found going back to school to do my master's in nursing. Initially, I had really thought about doing a master's in public health. I didn't necessarily want to pursue further education in nursing because I felt so I, I felt a bit of frustration towards the profession. When I was a new grad, I heard so much about how baccalaureate trained nurses didn't have the right skills and they weren't ready to hit the ground running. And 
there just didn't seem to be amongst practicing nurses there didn't seem to be a huge appreciation for nursing education and so I was really drawn towards doing graduate work in another discipline but then ended up doing it in nursing and I'm so grateful that I did because I feel like having that time to sit with extremely extremely intelligent skilled nurses who both knew the research inside and out and who were creating the research gave me the chance to reframe how if something came up about social justice or promoting someone's dignity, it no longer became about, oh, I want to do this because I'm nice or because I have time or because I personally think it's the right thing to do. I feel like doing a master's in nursing and getting being educated by like amazing kick-ass nurses gave me the knowledge and language and skills that I needed to say like no this is in our code of ethics this is my profession I can't not think about social justice I can't not think about how poverty and oppression and racism and sexism affect people's access to care I think that like that highlights again would nurses be able to pursue leadership positions in healthcare if there weren't baccalaureate degrees and there wasn't the opportunity to do master's degrees and to get to that level and where would healthcare be if there weren't nurses at leadership levels I don't know I don't like to think about because no. <laughs> I think it's so integral that nurses are able to get to those leadership positions and be at the decision making table and I don't think like in 2019 I don't think nurses would be able to get there if they didn't have the same level of education that other people in healthcare have like physicians and allied health like social workers or occupational therapists and people with masters of public health and people that have degrees in like undergraduate I don't even know healthcare general degrees like I don't I don't think we would be able to have a strong position as healthcare leaders in this historical context if nursing wasn't, like if registered nursing wasn't baccalaureate prepared and if nurses didn't feel the need to pursue graduate work. As you said, just with like the current historical and political and financial context, that it, we're in a different time than we were 30 years ago, where even graduating with a baccalaureate degree of any sort now, like if you finish university with a Bachelor of English or a Bachelor of Science, unless you've trained in university for a specific skill such as nursing or teaching, or if you do a degree in biology or chemistry and then you want to go on to pursue graduate work, it's really hard to get work straight out of university that pays a living wage if you haven't pursued some sort of like specific vocation like mm -hmm. nursing. And so I can't imagine if it's even hard to build a career with a bachelor's degree. Like, yeah, like I, I, I think it would make it infinitely harder if no nurses were university prepared. But that's, I'm also mindful of the fact that neither of us are LPNs. It, and maybe we should repeat true. this it's true. with yeah. an LPN. Maybe. Because they're, I mean, yeah, licensed practical nurses are nurses as well. And they have an important role in the healthcare system. And I think it's that distinction. I, to be honest, haven't worked with many LPNs in my career because, at least in the Vancouver context, um, to be a public health nurse, you have to be a registered nurse. To work in sexual and reproductive health, you have to be a registered nurse and have done additional training to be a certified practice nurse. And then working in concurrent disorders, you either need to be a registered nurse or a registered psychiatric nurse. Which are both at baccalaureate level entry to practice for the most part. Yeah. Which is important in terms of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I guess it is. That's one of the 
questions I find that's often come up, um, both Michelle and I have worked as clinical instructors, and I have been such a big advocate whenever I talk to nursing students to encourage them to pursue areas that they're areas of work that they're interested in. Um, I went straight from school into public health nursing, but I was told so many times when I was in nursing school that I shouldn't do that, that I should do two years of general medicine uh, nursing. And it seems kind of like this same, like a mini version of the hospital apprenticeship thing. Like in, in some cases, it seems like there's still this mentality that you need to put in your time, no matter where you want to work, no matter what you want to do, that you should work on an adult medical unit. And in some regard, I can appreciate that. Like I'm very grateful for the general medical and surgical rotations, clinical rotations that I had when I was a student because they did really expand my breadth of knowledge and they expanded my skill set and they challenged me in ways that has been very helpful for my career. But knowing that I wanted to work with children and youth, I could never understand the rationale of why would I go work on a floor with a patients who are all 80 plus years old with congestive heart failure and diabetes. For two years to get a solid grounding yeah. in what you really want to do. Yes, a solid <laughs> two years in twelve to 18 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> but if some people will swear by that. Yeah. And I think it's because you need nurses to work on medical units and so you do need and some and... nurses love working on medical yeah. units and those are great nurses yeah. and I have a lot of respect for them not my thing yeah so. and I think that's exactly is like and that's what I've always told students is if that's their thing or if they're interested in that or if they think it will help them or if they want to do travel nursing in the future it really opens up so many doors I also don't think it's the only way to go yeah. in nursing but I think if your dream is to work in a high acuity area like the ICU or the emergency room, two solid years of general med surge is probably a good grounding before yes. pursuing a high acuity area. Yeah. But even like I had friends that went straight into the operating room out of school and that's... The OR is its own thing. Yeah. It's its own world. <laughs> it's and its own world. Totally. Yeah. And so I think there, it's mostly what I came back to was kind of following what you are interested in and I think that's quite a different some people might say that's a bit of a millennial approach to life and work like and it's just a, follow your heart yeah do what makes you feel special <laughs> warm inside but I think I'm a registered nurse but I felt the same thing as a registered nurse that went straight into mental health this this idea that oh like but if you're in mental health then you're not a real nurse like you've got to get your solid grounding in med surge before mm -hmm. you can before you can understand how to work in mental health, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that might help is that mental health is literally everywhere in healthcare, yeah. and so you probably would be working yeah. with Like, I feel like, people. in fact, the opposite is probably true. Like, everyone should probably work in mental health yeah. for a year and see what that's like, and yeah. then go back and work in their specialized or general med, yeah. general surge area to have a grounding in what it's like to actually do relational practice and do trauma-informed practice and work with people in a very team-oriented environment. So I've never worked med surge. I've never, it's not my thing, don't like it. When I was a student I worked in a respiratory unit and there was trachs there and I did not like cleaning them and I was scared every day. <laughs> scared that people would die or that I would kill someone every day. It wasn't yeah. my thing. Yeah. It wasn't my thing. I like talking to people.
Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> my best uh, my best skill or tool as a nurse is my ability to be like non-judgmental with people <laughs> and just like tell me more about that. <laughs> and there's so much value in that. And yeah. it's so important. But I yeah, I don't and I don't know if I would have been good at what I do if I didn't get prepared in a well-rounded undergraduate program that gave me the opportunity to learn about mental health but also to learn about things like therapeutic communication and things like family systems nursing and different things that I never would have, I probably, I imagine, wouldn't have learned about in a diploma program or a hospital-based program because there just wouldn't be, there would be time for that, which is the simple truth of it. Yeah, thinking, like, time and also the people who, like, in a diploma-based program, you wouldn't necessarily be trained by the people who are creating the research. Like, you wouldn't be trained by PhD-prepared nurses who are running research programs and so I think it just inherently starts to shift and I guess I mean there's that's the difference too I guess which it's my bias going to a major research institution the difference between going to a major university and then a smaller university Mm -hmm. that doesn't have uh, graduate work and doesn't have a research component to its program because I guess then you're not as close to the research being produced or the academics that are writing the journals and that are actually writing the practice guides and writing the practice standards and informing those things so you're a bit farther away when you're at a smaller university and the education and training is on par but the the knowledge base and the the research isn't being produced by those univers- smaller universities. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes, as you said, which I think is a really important thing to acknowledge, that the standard of education, as we said early on in this episode, the standard of education will be consistent across the universities, or that's the idea. But I think one of the benefits that might not be as obvious, but is important to acknowledge, is when you are in an environment with people who are just steeped in the latest knowledge and the latest practice and best practice, and they're creating their own research that they can bring you into that world even if even if it's not something you even if it's not a path you would have chosen for yourself. I know in my undergraduate degree before I went into nursing when I was doing my bachelor of science in in uh, nutrition and food science at the U of A, I was taking a sociology of health course and the professor approached me after class one day and asked if I'd be interested in doing research work for her. And it had never occurred to me, like, I don't even know at that point if I knew what a research assistant was. And she was so kind in mentoring me into with, like, she had a bit of money left over at a grant. It was a very small project that she involved me with. But it was the beginning. I always talk about it as, like, the guy who traded the red paper clip and then ended up with a house. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Basically, yes. Yeah. He, he traded up. He traded up. <laughs> and I feel like that professor approaching me was the beginning of me trading up in terms of professional experiences. And I never would have had that opportunity if I hadn't been at a major research institution. And I mean, it's true, those nurses who don't have undergraduate degrees that wouldn't have the opportunity, I guess, to pursue graduate work. That's doing a graduate, my first graduate degree in nursing was a real eye-opener in terms of understanding the larger workings of the healthcare system and being able to look beyond what I do as an individual nurse and like the individual unit that I work on and to be able to understand the larger system in healthcare as an organization. So it was very valuable. And then my second graduate degree 
expanded my knowledge a bit more, but I never would have had that opportunity to pursue any graduate degree if I didn't have an undergraduate degree in nursing. I mean, yes, I did have bachelor's degrees before that, but those were not, the graduate degrees wouldn't have, it would have been kind of working the other way, I guess, which is interesting how nursing works like that. Like you, the, it's really, I think it's helpful that at the undergraduate level, it's so practically based, but there's some theory kind of sprinkled into it. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the graduate level, then you're really learning about the underlying philosophy and theory that informs nursing, which is important actually in developing the profession and developing the discipline and ad advancing the place of nurses in healthcare, but also in advancing healthcare. Like there's so many of us. We're the most numerous healthcare professionals, not just in Canada, but like globally, we're the most numerous. So there's a lot of value and importance in ensuring that we're well educated so that we can have a positive impact on health outcomes globally. I feel like I often talk about, because I get so like, fired up and excited about like nurses being great because nurses are great but I think you bring up the really important point that the more important than that is that it does advance healthcare like it does advance knowledge so much of it's not like we're just so important, so studying totally. and it's so unique like it's so different than I love chatting with I love like when I'm in a social situation if I'm surrounded by people I don't know and then I meet another nurse it doesn't matter what specialty they work in there's just a shared understanding like a, a shared common experience and mm -hmm. I think that that advocating for that shared common experience to be something that is founded on advocacy and seeing a role bigger than yourself not look not just doing your job and going home at the end of the day but thinking about what are we all yeah, totally and I don't think you I don't think you'd get that if you didn't have like a degree program with electives where you could learn about things like sociology and political yeah. science and humanities and English and like all these kinds of other things that aren't nursing specific but that you do learn about when you're doing an undergraduate university degree which all help inform your practice as a nurse and help make you well-rounded in the complex environments that you will be working in. Yeah I always say that the most valuable training that I have gotten as a nurse didn't happen in nursing school. It's like very much like arts-based courses, like English, English literature courses that I took. I took a philosophy course in my first year of university, the sociology of health and illness course that I took. And those just helped to give me the grounding for sitting with the discomfort of like, what's it all about? Like if you mm -hmm. have someone in, fr in front of you who is suffering, if you're working with people who are struggling with illness, how can you not ask what is the point of it all? And I think if you just thought that you were doing a task, if you saw your role as just entering that person's life to fix a bandage and then leave, how does that make the world a better place? I don't know. But nurses did it for a long time and they made the world a better place. But I think it's just like the, this idea of that there can be a, like a common foundation and this standard that, I mean, that might have been just like these individual nurses that you hear about that were strong advocates just because that's the way their personality was and that was the hospital environment. Maybe I, I think about things like, so St. Paul's Hospital in Canada in the 80s, probably not many of the nurses had degrees at that point, but it was a very important hospital in the AIDS crisis. Mm -hmm. And so the nurses there probably worked there for a reason, yeah. um, but that was not 
representative of all nurses in Canada at that time. So you have these scattered pockets of nurses that are activists and advocates and nurses that might have had undergraduate degrees and other things and nurses that would have had different types of education based on their family of origin and the opportunities that they've had growing up but it wouldn't have been like a common standard in the same way as an undergraduate degree where you take classes in humanities and social science and you can ensure that the nurses that are in these education programs have this basis of knowledge um, that is outside of specific nursing. Mm -hmm. and, I, and that's very much how I think it's because of those nurses who were so brave and who were different and who didn't agree with the system. It was their advocacy work over the last hundred years that kind of helped to create this system and opportunity where you and I can be sitting here with, I was just thinking we have like quite a few collective degrees between yeah. the two of us. It's true. Um, but I think that is because of the, that's a direct result of the hard work of nurses who, for example, <laughs> I can't talk, <laughs> wanted to pursue doctoral work and but there weren't PhD programs within nursing until the early 90s I don't think rather than having to make other disciplines fit into what we're looking for nurses gathered together and created PhD programs and that's now we're like the children who get to benefit which is amazing like yeah. that is amazing in they terms of playground yeah, we get to like, play it's it. amazing in terms of like even the advocacy work that women did in getting graduate degrees master's degrees and phd programs at the university level like i i feel like nurses and yeah. nursing academics and scholars like really helped and like paved the way for that um you know like legitimizing women having university knowledge there's so many of us you know, like, and it's, and that was at a time when probably the majority of people doing graduate degrees were not women. Yeah. It's probably, that's... like, heavily men. Yeah. So it's, like, amazing to think about what they had to fight for and how far we've come. I had opportunities in my undergraduate degree in nursing that I didn't take advantage of to connect with nurses who were in their late 70s and 80s and who had been trained in the hospital programs. And I remember I was reading today a bit about the history of nursing in Canada and read a very little bit about a nurse named Ethel Johns, who I think helped to get the UBC program together. And African-American nurses. Oh, nice. Right? I think mm -hmm. so. I think her? So. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. so. She's yeah. a great lady. Yeah. And that's, I remember hearing her name when I was doing my undergraduate degree, but I just didn't feel that same like hunger for nurses and pride in nurses in my undergraduate degree as I did now. So, so yeah, I just didn't, I was just like, okay, whatever. And now I'm like, oh, what I could have learned. <laughs> Oh, I could still go. Yeah. I could still go back and learn. <laughs> I could read a Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, there's so many. There, I think that's a, a gap, though. I think that's a gap at the undergraduate level that they don't teach a lot about nursing history, or they teach it so early in your degree program that like you don't really understand how amazing it is yet. There's yeah. all these great women that fought real hard. Yeah. And I remember that feeling too, that like fear when I was in nursing school and I knew that I wanted to work in public health, but this fear that like I didn't have the skills and I wanted more clinical time and I wanted to be stronger clinically, which of course is so important to have that solid foundation of clinical skills. But I also, it wasn't until I did went back and did my master's in nursing at UBC as well, that I really developed an appreciation, like just so much gratitude and a really humble appreciation for how smart the women are in the UBC School of Nursing. And of course there are male professors mm -hmm. as well, but so, like I 
yeah, just some of the professors that I had, I was just blown away by the privilege to be taught by them. And in my undergrad, I was, mm -hmm. yeah, just busy being stressed. So I, <laughs> oh, I think my undergraduate program was designed a little bit different because in the late 90s, 2000s, the University of Calgary program was based on family systems nursing. And so there was a PhD program training family systems nurses to do family interventions. And they so they did things that I didn't know nurses did, like family counseling and family meetings and this part of nursing that I didn't realize nurses did because I guess my perception was like nurses work in a hospital or they work in a, I don't know, a public health clinic and they give you a needle and... Uh, so and then when I got to my undergraduate program, like it was just such a, a different perspective and like nurses were doing these things that I didn't realize were part of nursing, which was amazing. And I don't know if I would have got exposure to that and seen that there was a possibility beyond working in a hospital if I didn't. Well, if I didn't go to the University of Calgary at that time, but if I didn't have an undergraduate program at a major university. Yeah, that brings up an interesting question that I, I don't know the answer to it, that my experience, I did my undergrad degree in nursing at UBC and knowing the faculty and knowing, like I can only imagine that there was that diversity, but my experience, which I think may have just my perception was that it was very hospital focused, but maybe it was more so that I was so far to the public health side. Any hospital focus felt uh, maybe too well, much. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if other people in my cohort really liked the family systems nursing stuff as much as it's <laughs> excited. I was so into it where we learned how to talk to each other, we learned how to give each other commendations and like how to ask questions and about doing genograms, like family systems interventions. It was so interesting. It was it was right up my alley. And so I don't know if the people that like really wanted to learn how to start IVs and like do blood transfusions were super into it, but I was. <laughs> Yeah. And you're who's here right now. So, But it's so, I mean, it's those possibilities, right? Like I, I guess Claire and I both work in leadership-ish positions, but even, but my partner, he's a nurse as well. And he does nursing informatics and clinical systems design. Like, I don't know if that would be possible if he didn't have an undergraduate degree and was able to pursue a master's of nursing, master's of informatics. I don't think it would be possible for him to be one of the people that's actually helping to design the electronic, like the clinical system that not just nurses but all healthcare people are using to enter the electronic health record and to do clinical documentation which is like I mean that's pretty cool that nurses can do that and it doesn't have to be a physician it doesn't have to be someone with a master's degree in I don't know computer design science. computer science or something <laughs> yeah. like it's someone that actually has clinical experience and clinical a clinical perspective that can be in that leadership position that can be in that position in the healthcare system that's not it's beyond nursing it's it's health like healthcare, the greater the greater picture of healthcare. My experience in the leadership position that I'm in now, which I got because of my master's in nursing, or that was like a, one of the requirements was having a master's degree. One of the things that my master's degree taught me was that there's a system within a bureaucracy. Like there are factors that influence people's decisions and that it's all happening in a political context and it's all happening in a socio-political context such that when I first started working as a nurse, Sometimes if decisions came up that people didn't agree with, the answer would just be like, oh, the higher ups made that decision. Or I would ask like, where is this policy coming from? People would say things like, oh, the mucky mucks. I don't even 
even better than me. <laughs> totally. And it was just a way to shut down conversation. Yeah. Whereas now I find it there everyone reports to someone up to the CEO and then she reports to someone. It's not just this black box of decisions <laughs> and policies that just exist. Yeah. <laughs> They come, they come from somewhere. Yeah, there's like a human. And so, and that's where I think so much of what you're saying is important that in order to have nurses in these positions advocating for nursing values, there needs to be the training ground. Mm-hmm. With education comes the credibility and from the organizational perspective, because if healthcare isn't just like standalone nursing units or standalone clinics or a bunch of people just working independently. It's part of a greater organization. And I mean, healthcare is a, it's a business as well with a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people that have to come together at many different levels and in many different positions that need an understanding of the system and that need training and education in what's how they're functioning as a piece in the organization to make it work and to make it successful and how do you I don't know how do you know that if you don't have the education and thinking about moving towards kind of wrapping up for this episode what is one thing that you would hope for for nursing education for the next 10 years, 20 years? Something that I would hope for is, I would hope that across the board for registered nurses and for registered psychiatric nurses, that the degree program is the entry to practice. I would hope that there would be a phasing out finally of the diploma programs, which there is only diploma programs in registered psychiatric nursing schools. And then I would hope that at the undergraduate level, I'd like to see more education on the history of nursing and nursing theory in a way that makes it meaningful to kind of help them shape their understanding of the discipline of nursing and the underlying values and philosophy of nursing. Yeah. I would like to see at the undergraduate level a standard where nurses learn about healthcare systems and health organizations and healthcare leadership embedded at all undergraduate level programs, not just if you go to a certain undergraduate program where a faculty member might be pushing to uh, have a leadership program. Like I really hope that it it's standard across all undergraduate nursing programs because I think that a course on healthcare leadership is really it's really important to ensuring that nurses are prepared to be the healthcare leaders of tomorrow. I feel like for our next episode, I'm definitely getting a soundboard with a pause yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true that giving new nurses, giving students the opportunity to learn about leadership so it's not this like coveted bit of knowledge that we hold until someone decides yeah. to pursue graduate studies. It shouldn't just be something that's special for graduate level nurses like we are doing a professional degree the same way an engineer does a professional degree the same way that a physician is doing an undergraduate Mm -hmm. degree because medical degrees are undergraduate degrees Mm -hmm. and so you know why do they just by default get to be the leaders of healthcare? (laughs) We we need a course we need some standardization across the board to help empower nurses And help them understand, like, we're part of an organization. Like, organizational practice is important. Yeah, and I think that's, like, my hope for nursing education, which so much is in line or supports what you've talked about, is having more purposeful relationships between practicing nurses and academic institutions. And I think, imagine if you had a nursing leadership course taught by nursing leaders from your city, And it was, and that nursing leader's time was partially bought out by the university. And like just the vice versa, like I think those partnerships are Mm -hmm. where 
you can make this content exciting. And I've had the opportunity sometimes to go back and lecture for in the undergrad program at UBC. And it's amazing. Nursing students will just get so excited by the very nature of the fact that you say I'm working as a registered nurse right now. Like, <laughs> it's powerful. And I think you need nurses who, are, who have de dedicated their career to academics and research. And that's what gives me the information I need to carry out the work I do. I would also like to give back to that world by stepping into it, building those relationships, being part of nursing education without having to make this decision this dichotomy of either you're an academic or you're a practicing nurse. Oh, yeah. I think we can do both. I think we sh should be able to do both. I wish, yeah, I wish for a world where we can do that. <laughs> Maybe that'll be by like episode 10. We'll have figured it out. But anyway, that's it for today. Thanks bye so bye. much.